You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast, aka Murph here, to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week, we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? Well, on the show today, you'll meet Ben Gibbs. He's a musician and podcaster who I met while biking the Katy Trail. That was basically Ben's first crack at bikepacking, and he was hooked. He upgraded his gear and his bike and went on an epic six-week bicycle tour, exploring the CNO Towpath, the Gap Trail, and the Empire State Trail. He traveled over 1,100 miles by bike and describes his experience along with the genuine kindness of strangers. So here's Ben. A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. All right. Well, on the show, we have Ben Gibbs. Hey, Ben. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. I just got done with a, oh, I think it's like a three-hour bike ride. Uh, we oh. have like a, we basically have one north-south trail here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And so that's pretty much, you know, you kind of figure out which way the headwind and the tailwind is and away you go. So I yeah. I had to uh, break off early so that I could make sure I was back for our podcast. But I have some, oh. some friends who are still out there. They probably found a, a bar or a bench to hang out on. So they're still out there somewhere. <laughs> well, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you were on the podcast to we well, actually, I should back up. We met briefly uh, when we were both on the Katy Trail last fall. And um, you were in the middle of an adventure and I was in the middle of an adventure. And so our paths crossed. And now here we are again to talk a little bit more about bicycle adventure. Yeah, I love it. I love how it uh, comes back around. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I know you just got done with a pretty amazing long bike adventure. So I want to get into that. But first, would you mind telling the listeners maybe a little bit about where you live, what cycling is like there, and just anything you want to share about yourself? Sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm, my name is Ben. I'm a musician, uh, podcaster as well. And, um, really traveling by bike is kind of my new preferred way of travel. Mm -hmm. I've I've done a bit of traveling internationally, but, um, just kind of got into bike touring and bike packing in the last year and a half or so. So I live in Western North Carolina in the town of Marion, but, most people know Asheville, North Carolina. It's pretty popular now. It's about 45 minutes east and uh, world-class mountain biking here. Mm. Um, uh, Pisgah Forest is getting a lot of attention. It's really, really great. Um, near my town, Marion, will be it, it should be maybe completed in 10 to 15 years. It's called the Fontaflora Trail. It'll stretch 100 miles. It's 90% off-road, uh, single track uh, trail. Uh, they're working on it now. It's all, Most of it's on Lake James. <clears throat> and um, 
Which, fun fact, Lake James is where Last of the Mohicans was filmed. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I'll get into more about that later. It's very beautiful here. It's it's quite gorgeous. So Bent Creek is a very popular place to mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Lake James, uh, uh, Pisgah National Forest. Um, there's some, like I said, world-class mountain biking here. And I do a little bit of that, but uh, this trip I just took was my first uh, kind of push into – uh, bike touring. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And um, I talk about bike touring quite a bit on this podcast. And there's a little bit of difference between bike touring and bike packing. And um, in my opinion, bike packing would be more about what you just talked about with a single track. You're kind of yeah. a little bit away from um, civilization and, you know, maybe cell service or opportunities for food. Um, so it's a different packing schedule, but you were bike touring, correct? This is correct, yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about bike touring, maybe your bike setup. You know, did you have bags? Like, or what's your normal uh, way to bike tour? So what I did uh, after this first bike uh, packing trip where you and I met, um, I I was going to, I wanted to do more kind of uh, road, somewhat Mm road-oriented or designated bike path, like crushed limestone. So um, I started researching what I would need, and I ended up buying off of Facebook Marketplace a 57-inch frame Jameis. It's a, a Jameis Aurora. Mm-hmm. I think it's about maybe maybe a 10-year-old bike or something, 700-millimeter uh, tires, 32-inch uh, millimeter diameter tire. And it was very bizarre how it all worked out. I started thinking about taking this trip in December or January, and I, I wasn't sure where I was going to go. I was going to maybe go to Europe and do some of the Eurovelo routes. Mm. But I, I quickly said, well, this is a bit too ambitious to go out of the country for my first bike tour, so I'll stay in the States. So I was on Facebook uh, Marketplace looking in December, and I found the bike that I was looking for, the one that I've purchased. And I didn't buy it. Um, and I said, well, maybe I'll hold off. I'll wait. And I still hadn't purchased a bike for this trip in March. Ooh. And I look on uh, Marketplace. It's still there, the same bike. Wow. And I just messaged the woman who was selling it. And she said, if you want it, you'll have to come tomorrow because I'm leaving for Denver the day after tomorrow for three months. <laughs> So I said, okay, well, I'll come tomorrow. So I went up there. It was very cold, very windy. It turns out it was her best friend. He, it, was, it was a he. I don't remember his name. But he, he had passed away. Oh. He, he had died on some sort of adventure. And I didn't ask, and she didn't describe. And she said that his widow had finally really came to terms with this and said it's time to get rid of these things. Mm. So I I I ended I paid four hundred dollars for the bike. Wow! And rode it and tried to understand it because I'd never been on that kind of setup. It was all very kind of it was it was very strange, you know. And so I just said, well, yeah, I think this is the bike. So I bought it, and that was it. So I came into possession of this person's bike, and began accumulating equipment. Um, I bought a rack, and I had two paneers on it. Um, I can't remember the brand, but they're on, you see them a lot as intro mm-hmm. paneers to mm-hmm. bike touring. They're red and yellow, or they're yellow and black and 27 liter bags, mm-hmm. totally waterproof. Um, so I strapped those on, uh, had a 20 liter 
waterproof bag that I kind of um, bungeed on to the to the bike rack mm-hmm. and carried a sleeping bag, uh, bedroll, stove, all that stuff. A little too many clothes. But when I started, you know, I started this trip in April. It was still very cold in right. D.C. Yeah, you, so, you probably have to dress for multiple seasons, you know, when it's that I did. early. I, I, was, I was overpacked, but I said, what can I get rid of? Nothing. I need all this because it yeah. got cold, you know, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of my setup of what I took on this trip. So I see you, uh, you're on the Katy Trail, but uh-huh. are you referring to your first adventure was um, the CNO Towpath or? No, my first bikepacking adventure was the Katy Trail where we met. Oh, got it. So okay. Th- so just recently, then this is like, I bought a touring bike, this new bike I got off Facebook for this trip that I just took. I ah. wanted to buy another bike more suitable because I knew I'd be on the road a little bit mm-hmm. and also mostly bike path. So I said, well, the mountain bike I have is not suitable for this at all. I'm going to have to get another bike. Sure. So that's what, that's what I did. Yeah. And for those listeners who have not been on the Katy Trail, I would highly recommend checking it out. I mean, it's not paved but I didn't I never really felt like you know it was kind of a crushed limestone almost uh packed dirt wouldn't you describe that as the surface yeah I would yeah yeah and I felt like there was a town I don't know every seven to ten miles um there wasn't always like um more than just residents you know maybe not always a bar restaurant or a gas station but there was always like civilization close by yeah yeah Mm-hmm. And we were doing uh, Airbnbs along the way, but were you camping? A quick interruption to introduce our newest sponsor, Hammerhead. The Hammerhead Karutu cycling computer helps you find your path forward and unlock your full potential on every ride. And listen, for a limited time, listeners can get a free heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Hammerhead Karutu. Visit hammerhead.io and use promo code Morphology at checkout to get yours today. Now back to the show. I was camping, yes. And how did that and, go? Well, it proved to be difficult sometimes, but uh, you know, on the Katy Trail, you can camp 10 feet on either side of the trail mm. because it's designated uh, state park. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, and so you can do that. Um, the The place, the the gem of camping on the Katy Trail is at a place called Cooper's Landing. Hmm. Oh yes, um, I remember that oh campground my God. and the bar across a, the street. <laughs> yes, it was one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of the that's kind of the best camping. Uh, I camped in Herman, the mm-hmm. town of Herman. Yeah, you can camp in their one of their parks there by the river. Hmm. Um, it was it was great too. Good. I happened to be there when they were having Oktoberfest, and the population <laughs> went from 2,500 to 25,000. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? Yeah, and it was <laughs> it was pandemonium. Yeah. I mean, it was it was truly, it was madness, all the things that went on that night. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, so, you know, you talked a little bit about your bike setup, that you had two panniers and then another bag that kind of uh-huh. went on your bike rack and yeah. maybe packed a little bit too many clothes, but, you know... I I do the same thing, but yeah. um, are you a guy that carries any luxury items, like whether it's a, you know, a little bottle of whiskey or a deck of cards or a special book? I carried several bottles of whiskey <laughs> at various stages in the trip. I, I did not carry any cards. 
uh, I thought about taking my tarot cards, but I ended up going just saying no. Yeah. And then I took one book, and it was uh, Carl the the sweet Swiss uh, psychoanalyst Carl Jung wrote this book in 1959, uh, two years before he died, on the UFO phenomenon. Ooh. It's a a psychological approach to this the UFO phenomenon, and it's. Like most of his stuff, it's kind of hard to decipher, uh, but it's also very interesting to see his perspective on what this is. And I read a little bit of that, but it got to where the ride was so intense, I didn't do anything but just literally stare most days and just decompress, (laughs) just staring off. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you just get (laughs) done and you're just like, I want to do a, a ton of things and go look around, but I think I'll just sit here. Or yes, I I'll, just I'll just stand. Go to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll oh. just sit here and drool till I fall asleep. <laughs> okay, so you did Katie Trail, and then you get back home, and you're like, "I want to do something bigger." Yes, something bigger now, and what, something longer, more advanced. And what did you come up with? So I selected the CNO Towpath and the Gap Trail mm-hmm. from DC to Pittsburgh. And then I went from Buffalo, New York to Albany, uh, did the whole Erie Canal Trail, mm. uh, which is part of the Empire State Trail System in New York. And then I went north. My plan was to go to Plattsburgh up the Champlain River Valley and then take a ferry into Burlington, Vermont. Mm. Uh, but I only made it to Lake George which happens to be where Last the Mohicans was written oh. and based out of. Crazy so that connection. was kind of that was kind of yeah, it was kind of trippy. And so the but I didn't realize how much highway riding was involved. Oh. And the weather turned terrible and I was on a highway with logging trucks and dump trucks going 75, 80 miles an hour mm. with a four foot shoulder. And I said, I'm this is too this is too much. I'm not interested in this. So then I turned around. My brother lives in Manhattan, which is also the end of the Hudson River Greenway Trail that starts in Albany. So I rode from Lake George south all the way to Battery Park, Manhattan. Mm. So, um, yeah, D.C. to Pittsburgh and then, God, Buffalo to Albany to Lake George to Manhattan. And then, yeah, that was it. And was this kind 1140 of 1140 yeah. miles? Wow. So it was kind of one continuous trip, so to speak. It was. Yes. When I, I, I rented a, or I got a, um, Amtrak from oh. Charlotte. So I, I hauled my bike up there and, um, I had, I had issues just instantly though. I didn't realize I had purchased the wrong rack, uh, like pannier rack mm. and it sat too high on the bike. And I didn't. And when I got to DC, um, it, it, the bags, the pannier bags, had had came off into the spokes. Oh no! And and this and this this continued on for days and days till I got another rack, mm-hmm. and then it was all you know. But uh, my my bike was a little bit damaged en route with Amtrak, which I was not happy about, and I had to kind of piece it together a little bit and kind of fix it. So, but then everybody said when I got to DC, I said I'm doing the CNO towpath and the Gap Trail. They said you're doing it backwards. Most people start in Pittsburgh yeah. and go to DC because it's more downhill. 
And but yeah, I would I was just going to tell you the same. We did the opposite. We went to Pittsburgh and then went to DC and it was mostly downhill. So you yeah. you you got an extra workout out of this deal. Yeah, I, I didn't really know that the Eastern Continental Divide uh, was coming out of like uh, Frostburg. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And I, I, would, I was pedaling and I was pedaling. It looked like it was flat and I would pedal. And if I would stop pedaling, my bike would stop. And I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, because but, the grade uh, is so low, right? It's so yeah. subtle. You don't realize you're climbing 3,200 feet and 16 miles. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Good for you. So, but you know, it didn't it didn't work out with my route because I was I rented a car in Pittsburgh and drove to Buffalo. Mm, okay. And very incidentally, this is quite a strange feeling. The the um, that horrible mass shooting in Buffalo that happened in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. I was there Whoa. the day before it happened. I was in Buffalo. Wow. And uh, yeah, that was a very strange feeling. Yeah. Wow. It kind of stayed with me a few days. I can only imagine. You know, I mean, for many reasons, but being there was, that was, that was kind of strange. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so uh, what, like, how long did it take you to do these trips? You said it ended up being about 1,100 miles total. Yeah. It was six weeks straight. Oh, okay. So, so I went to, uh, I arrived in D.C. In, on April 25th. Yeah, April 25th with the plan of staying for two days. And I had such a good time, I stayed for five. Really? <laughs> and, yeah, because I hadn't been on a vacation and I had the money saved. I mean, I spent way too much in D.C. that could have maybe, I mean, I could have maybe stayed out two or three weeks longer if I wouldn't have spent all my money in Washington, D.C. at the very beginning. Because <laughs> I, I had this pact with myself. I said, I'm going to eat a different ethnicity for every meal, oh. you know, because in North Carolina, I mean, you can get like some ethnic food, but not like D.C. And it's all great there. You know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I had unbelievable Chinese, unbelievable Ethiopian, great Laotian food. Um, I found the only marijuana dispensary you can smoke inside of in <laughs> D.C. Uh, this woman was like nobody I've ever met. Uh, she was, um, she retired at probably age 39 or 41. I'm 38 and she was a few years older than me. She retired as a CFO mm. and she was the CFO for the Trump campaign. And, but the thing is, she was like at the most apolitical person I've ever seen. Mm. And she was like, yeah, it was terrible. It was insane. She's like, I can't even describe to you all the stuff I saw, but she's like, everybody I met became a business connection mm. for that business. And she's telling me, and then like one night I'm listening to give somebody business advice. And I'm like, my God, like I'm, I'm hearing like a uh, business, um, counseling from a CFO. Like this is totally madness, you know, wow. but, uh, it was very fun. Uh, and then, so I stayed in DC for five days. I left on the 30th. And so the trip started on April 30th. Okay. And it took about uh, maybe 11 days total to do the, from DC to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. uh, I was stuck for three days in Frostburg uh, be uh, because it rained about four inches. Oh, the same thing happened when we were in Frostburg. Really? Yeah. So I did, you know, like I mentioned, Pittsburgh to D.C., but we got stuck uh, with a hurricane. So really? we ended up having to, uh, we could only do about, I don't know, less than 50 miles of the CNO towpath. And uh -huh. then it was flooded. So we had to turn around and then figure out a different way 
and then we ended up getting a ride to Washington D.C. and then we went backwards um, until oh. until the flooding started again. So um, so technically, I did not get to complete the whole thing. So I'm a little bit jealous oh, wow. of you. Well, well, I technically didn't get to complete the Katy Trail. Yeah. Uh, because of the tornadoes that came through. I had oh, to call okay. it short then. Yeah. Okay. So when you think about CNO Towpath, Gap Trail, and the Empire State Trail, and just all of your adventures, do you have any highlights that you want to share, whether it's cool people you meet, you know, the train, crazy things, mechanicals, anything that you can think of? I kind of, uh, in retrospect, I prefer the CNO and the Gap mm. over the Empire Strait. Uh, Empire State Trail System. Uh, several reasons. Uh, I thought, especially the CNO. Like I said, I'd heard the people say the trail was kind of rough riding, mm-hmm. and it was rough riding on a steel frame. You know, no suspension with uh, a rack. It was it was rough in some t- some places, but the camping because I, I you know I camped basically the whole time. Oh, you did. Okay. And, yes, I did. And so there's. There's free camping every, it averages out every eight miles, there's a free camp spot mm. with potable water and fire pits, and it's beautiful. You know, it goes along the Potomac. Uh, most of that is designated bird watching sanctuary. So the sounds I heard, I'm there in early spring. Um, gorgeous. I got to see three sets of spring flower blooms. Oh, you know, cool. because I'm always yeah. moving north. So I'm always seeing. So, you know, also the the access to potable water on the CNO mm-hmm. was a big help. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Gap Trail, it was a little harder, but um, the Empire State Trail, my my big gripe with it, and it's all very brand new. You know, they've just finished it basically last year. But it's you can camp also on the Erie Canal Way, ten feet of either side of the canal of mm. the uh, trail. Okay. Um, it's very, very limited resources, but you go through enough towns to where it's okay, but there's no water on the trails. Once you get past Syracuse, um, my, like signage becomes very, very bizarre. Mm. Where, where the trail is very intuitive, where you know exactly where it's going, mm-hmm. it's oversigned. Where you have to go through a town, and take some strange detour, there are no signs. Oh, so when you come into a town, the trail isn't obvious, so it kind of, you it, have to... It's it's hardly ever obvious. Oh, wow. And only in the larger cities. So the, in the town of Rome, New York, it, it was so it was so difficult. I don't, I, I'm not even sure how it, it was laid out, mm-hmm. because you have to go two and a half miles through this town on the busiest roads. Oh. And uh, it's like, oh, my God, like, but I, I don't know what else you would do. Like, I kept saying, like, surely there's a better way around this. But that was my main concern. And then when you get to the Champlain River tr- Valley that goes to Rouses Point, Canada, or the Hudson Valley Parkway south to manhattan there's no camping you can't camp on the trail um it's because it's all private Uh. in the north in the north you can do all you can camp on the locks because there's somewhat of a canal way you're on Mm -hmm. but once you're past the canal way lock there's no camping and so people said well rely on warm showers the app warm showers so i downloaded warm showers and especially from albany to manhattan there's 
maybe seven or eight people you could warm shower with, but they all live 15 miles off oh, the trail. away from the trail. Uh... So, yeah, and so the stress of it was, it, it became quite stressful mm-hmm. on how to navigate that. You know? And for people who don't know uh, warm showers, it's basically um, just people like me or you that volunteer to take in cyclists and yeah. it's typically free and some people will let you sleep in the yard. Some people will let you sleep in the basement. Maybe you get a bedroom and then yeah. sometimes you're fed as well. But it's really just kind of a hit and miss as to who wants to, you know, host bikers. Yeah. So I can't imagine totally. having to rely on that, you know, when you're out there. Yeah, it almost became like simulated homelessness. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, like I, I started to realize like, oh, my God, like. Uh, being homeless would be horrendous. Mm-hmm. The stress of this. I mean, and it's like, I, I kind of had the money. It was like, if it comes to it, I can go get a hotel, maybe, you know, but maybe not. But it was it was very stressful in mm. that way. So it kind of made me much, much more kind of uh, aware of mm. uh, what it means to be homeless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so it was quite eye-opening. And if the Empire State Trail system is relatively new, is that a paved surface or crushed limestone? No, the the route itself is relatively new. Oh, okay. Where they've pieced it all together to where it's kind of one continuous thing, you know. But it's it's the way that it sounds on the website is not really how it is on the in the field. Oh, okay, you know? got it. Um, it is like the the Erie Canal is mostly crushed limestone. Okay. And when you get to Albany and go north to the Champlain, it's mostly uh, on-road riding mm-hmm. and not much shoulder in some places. It's very, it's, uh, it's pretty nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to several cyclists and everyone I spoke to kind of dissuaded me from doing it because they said, I've done it once. I'll never do it again. I had Mountain Dew bottles thrown at me. Uh, uh, there's dump trucks, you know, feet away from me and I said well yeah god that sounds kind of intense mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not really wanting that interesting and uh like if you think about all three of those you know different segments as far as trails go any like favorite stops you know as opposed to some of the weird traffic situations yeah Frostburg was amazing uh met some great people there um stayed in the hostel there uh at the bottom of the stairwell that goes into town. That was a lot of fun. Pittsburgh was great. I'd never been to Pittsburgh before. Mm-hmm. And I stayed at the, um, what's it called? Traveler's Rest Biker Hostel. Ooh. So I really, really recommend people maybe stay there and start your trip there. It's bikers only. Uh, I forget the name of the people that own it. It's a husband and wife duo. Uh, the building is one of the most gorgeous buildings I've ever seen. It looks like the inside looks like an Orson Welles movie or something. And what's the place uh, called? Travelers Rest Bikes Bicycle Hostel or something. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's 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 incredible. Uh, as far as New York goes, uh, Waterford was a very beautiful town. I stayed in. My friends lived there. Um, it was nice. Oh, I went down to the Finger Lakes. I forgot to mention that. Mm-hmm. I went south uh, to the Finger Lakes, to Seneca Lake and Cayuga Lake. I was there for 10 days. 
And that was really nice, drinking a lot of nice wine. I had a few job offers. I was trying to get a job at a winery there, um, but they needed someone to stay till October, so I couldn't do that. But I may go back in September and work a grape harvest, so September to November. The the way I ended up there is very funny. This is a really good story because what the, the big takeaway from the whole trip is how everything that needed to happen fell into place. Oh, okay. And pe- people, people, random people took care of me so much. I I honestly can't believe it. Um, I was in on the CNO. Do you remember uh, Hancock, the town of Hancock on the CNO? I don't know. So yeah, totally forgettable town. I, I was walking. I was. I, I got lost off the trail. Someone, a guy stopped, uh, picked me up. I was having knee problems, and I needed to go to a Walgreens and get a knee brace. Hmm. He took me there. My knee was messed up, or my uh, the, that's where my bike rack was kind of messed up. He took me to his house, and we rebuilt my whole rack, oh my God. drank beer together. He took me all around town. To, I mean, drove me to the next town over, to Hagerstown, Maryland, to, to see if the bike store was open. I mean, it was stuff like that all the time. Mm. So when uh, I had a – when I was going in – I was near Rochester, and I had a friend – that I had met in 2006 at a uh, at Bonnaroo Music Festival. Mm-hmm. And we had always kept in touch after then. And I knew that her and her husband lived in upstate New York, but I hadn't spoken to her in five years. And when I get to 60 miles east of Rochester, I Google her. And it turns out she's a midwife. And she, her office is in Rochester. Oh. And, and I go through five phone numbers on the websites to find out how to get in touch with her. And finally I get on to a receptionist who uh, leaves my name and number for her. She calls me back 20 minutes later and I said, Hey, I'm in, I'm on a bike trip. I'm outside of Rochester. She said, well, you can stay with me. And I said, okay. So I, she lived in Waterford. So I did about 80 miles that day <laughs> and I get, I get to her house. It was horrific to get there. My God, I mean, it was so hot. So I get to her house. Uh, we're hugging. We we so you know reunited. She has a daughter who is amazing, so sweet. Husband's great. And uh, she uh, she said that uh, I told her that I, I was trying to get a, maybe a wine job in the Finger Lakes and stay for a month or two and make some money back. And her best friend turns out lives in uh, Seneca Lake. Oh. So she gives me her phone. She said, and her family's been there forever. They live in like an artist community there. Uh, she knows all the wineries. She'll get you a job. So I get the number. The next day I leave, call her, uh, ride 66 miles to uh, Hector, New York. And I get there and immediately get three job interviews. Uh, I stay in a, uh, a cabin that was her father was a master woodworker oh, wow. and built a cabin from driftwood on Seneca Lake. Wow. So I'm staying here, you know, I'm doing some work. I help them get the plumbing because I'm pretty handy. I'm a, I'm a roofer also by trade. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty handy. So help get the plumbing going, do some landscaping. I do some roof work for them. So it was all crazy how it all fell into place. I mean, it was uh, all the doors always open mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing, um, and you just described three situations right there, but how when you're on a bicycle, especially if you're all weighted down with all your gear, how uh, genuinely interested and friendly 
people are like strangers. It's true. It's, it is true. Yeah. It kind of, you know, changes the way you think about humanity when you're like, you know, God, where am I going to stay tonight? And then poof, somebody pulls up and yes. is like, Hey, how, how are you doing today? Or what are you doing? And then before you know it, your best friends. Here's a, here's another situation where that was when I was coming from Albany South to Manhattan, I went through a town called uh, Germantown mm. and you'll go through it if you take the Hudson Valley Parkway. And at this point I'm panicking because I know I have nowhere to sleep tonight. And I had already ridden nine and a half hours and it's hot. I've done, I've done about 75 miles by them and I get into Germantown at about six in the evening and it's the sun's still pretty high and mm -hmm. it's very hot and there's an air there's some sort of old bed and breakfast on the side of the um, main street there and there's two people sitting outside and i i just stopped my bike i just i knew instinctively to talk to this guy and i just said is there a brewery in this town <laughs> Because I was like, I have to have a break. I need a beer or something. Like I can't pedal anymore. Right. He says, he says no. But I have beer. Do you want a beer? Aww. And I said, of course I do. Yes. So I sit on the porch. We're drinking beer. We're talking. We talk about fifteen minutes. And he said, Listen, I live a mile from here. Why don't you just put your tent up in my yard? You can take a shower. Uh, it'll be fine. And I said, Okay. Like you don't know what you've just done for me. Yeah. And so we're sitting there drinking, and I noticed that there was this very hip, uh, sexy restaurant across the street. And it just, it was so alive and it looked awesome. And I'd noticed this group of people walking down the hill, and they kind of cross the street. I don't really look at them too much, and they disappear on the street because the sidewalk's going downhill behind the banister of the front porch where I'm looking out. And a couple of minutes later, they start walking back up the sidewalk. So just a few heads appear, you know, through the, the railings. And me and this woman who was so beautiful, we made eye contact. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, I immediately I said, I know this woman. And I, I, I thought, I said, where have I met her on this trip? And I started to stand up to say, excuse me, where have we met? And then I realized who it was. It was Frances McDormand. What? Yes. The real one? The actress? Yeah, the, the real one. Oh, my gosh. And I, and, and I kind of, like, made a face. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's that's Frances McDormand. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And and uh, the guy, she was with a, another woman and a guy. And the guy walking with her noticed my bike. And he just, he, he said, is this your bike? So I immediately jump up hoping she'll stay and I can tell this <laughs> big romantic charming story about my bike trip and of course she walks off because she doesn't care she's going home and and uh I kind of talked to him and then they leave and I, I turned to people I said does anyone realize who that woman was and they said no so that was Frances McDormand and they're like who's that oh no I'm like Jesus Christ so I have to give them this whole spiel about who Francis McDormand is and they said oh yeah no that's not a surprise they said this is a secret celebrity hangout oh. said, uh, Daniel Day Lewis lives there um, Paul Rudd lives there and two or three other people that, that are more modern actors and actresses I don't they didn't ring a bell but well, yeah, and it's, apparently it's some secret uh, celebrity hideout. And the town is so gorgeous and cute. Oh, interesting. Well, and it's not a secret anymore because you just told no, everybody on this podcast. Yes. Good job, Francis. You saw me. 
Just be like, remember the guy on the bike? And she'll be like, maybe. Remember that guy that looked like a skeleton that was questioning his existence? Oh, <laughs> Melting man. down on the porch? Yeah. Oh, the, the genuine, nice, you know, people being nice is so cool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was like that all the time. I mean, I, I was really quite taken aback by it. Wow. Yeah. Well, anything else about those trips that you want to tell the listeners about? A quick interruption to introduce our newest sponsor, Hammerhead. So I use the Hammerhead Karoo 2 and really like how easy it is to read the data and to be able to scroll through screens mid-ride. It comes with a really sturdy handlebar mount and it has a full color display that is also a touchscreen. You can personalize it to display data that means the most to you on your ride. One sweet feature is Climber with predictive path technology. It shows you upcoming gradient changes in real time so you can mentally prepare for whatever is ahead. And of course, at the end of the ride, all my data automatically uploads to my Strava account. This is an exclusive limited time offer for our podcast listeners. So don't forget to use promo code Murphology. That's a free heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Karoo 2. Go to hammerhead.io. Add both items to your cart and use promo code Murphology. Now back to the show. You know, go do it. I really yeah. highly recommend the CNO and the Gap. It's, uh, yeah. it's unbelievable. If you've not taken a bike trip, you should do it. Um, if you have, you should keep doing it. It's really so rewarding. Uh, this is the most ambitious one I've done yet. Mm -hmm. And it was great. It was really something to push myself in that way. The last day was the worst day. I'll, I'll tell you about that. I stayed in a town called New Paltz, New York. And I realized this trip has got to end because I, why I had called the trip off, I lost use of my hands. My, my forearms from like, it wasn't carpal tunnel. It was somewhat like peripheral nerve damage ah. where holding the, the, the bicycle grips for so long mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything. I, I couldn't brush my teeth. I couldn't. Um, I, I couldn't tie my shoes, and I couldn't shift gears. So the last day, I was having my shifter went out. I was having terrible shifter issues, and I said, "That's it. Today's the last day. I can't do this anymore." And I pedaled 111 miles that last day, Dang. with 50 pounds on the bike, and for 70 of those miles. I was pedaling as hard as I could. And the last 48, it's it's kind of downhill mm -hmm. into Manhattan. Uh, but I'm nervous. I'm like, God, I'm 38 years old. Like, this is ultra endurance athlete stuff. Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm afraid. I really thought maybe I was like, going to have a heart attack because I was so exhausted. Mm. And I get to the tip of Manhattan Island in the north on West 235th Street at 8 o'clock in the evening. And I had 13 miles to go to get to Battery Park. I went the entire length of Manhattan. Dang. But I had no lights on my bike. And I did it all with a headlamp. Coming through the streets, getting on the Hudson River Parkway, going through Spanish Harlem. I mean, I was absolutely beyond panicked. I was like, what am I going to do? Right. I'm like, I'm I, like, I'm going to get hit by a car or <laughs> go through the wrong neighborhood. It was so stressful, but nothing ever happened. And I made it to Battery Park at about 
uh, 10.15 that night. Oh, man. And just, yeah. Took two and a half hours. Because I kept getting lost. Oh, my God. It was it was something. So, I mean, these trips, you have the ultimate highs. The highs are unbelievable. You see the beauty of humanity. Mm-hmm. The lows, it's not good. You right. Know? It's like, oh, my God. And do you, you think know? part of your hand issue was just because the terrain was so rough so that you were just constantly over-gripping your handlebars? It was that. Ah, it okay. kind of was that, yeah. Um, so, but, you know, I did many, many nine hour days mm. and several 10 hour days. That's a long time to be on the bike. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I listen to no music and no podcasts. Wow. I, I would just find myself singing songs, the same song. I sang Bob Dylan's, that song bought by Bob Dylan, Isis, about 400 times. <laughs> Just say, just saying the lyrics over and over. Really? Uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Wow. I mean, I was really, but it was almost like a Zen practice, you know, like yeah. you really, it got to where, like if you've ever done a meditation retreat or anything, you know, a couple of days in your thoughts just leave, you know, when there's no more thinking, mm-hmm. you're just sitting on a bike, eight, nine, 10 hours a day for weeks. There's nothing else to think. Yeah, and especially in the first part of your trip where you weren't as concerned about where you were sleeping. So really, your mind only had to, you know, get on your bike, ride your bike, eat food, go to bed. Like, it was just simple thoughts. So I I know exactly how you felt, at least at that part. But then when you get to the point where you're like, shit, where am I going to sleep tonight? Like, I have experienced that as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then it's just, you know, circular thoughts. It's like, oh, my God, what have I done? Who am <laughs> Why I? Am I doing Who do this? I think I am? <laughs> you know. Okay, so you're done with the trip. You get home and, you know, you kind of have that weird, um, I'm going from just biking all day to kind of back to real life and, you know, yeah. sleeping in a real bed and all that good stuff. Uh, so do you think you're going to have new adventures or do you have anything on the horizon yet? Yeah, me and uh, not a bike trip, but um, I got a friend that lives in Amsterdam. We're talking about going to Spain and Portugal for Ooh, vacation for about nice. two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, so my birthday is in August, so it would be the first three weeks of August. That sounds so, fabulous. Yeah, uh, I hope it can work out. So I'm basically just back to work. Uh, trying to sell some stuff that I don't need, trying to make some money back to do that. Yeah. And then I may be in touch with some people from the Finger Lakes about going there in September and working a great. Oh harvest. yeah, the the winery thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that that will be till November, uh, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Cool. So well, yeah. Well, before we um, say goodbye, any shout outs that you want to give to whether it's people that helped you or friends or in the music industry, whatever you want to give a shout out to? Uh, you know, I'll give a shout out to a, the guy, Rick Lindley of all people, this guy that picked me up in Hancock, Maryland and helped me fix my bike. He was the most wonderful person I have ever met. Oh, awesome. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was so warm. I made some great friends along the way and I'd like to say hey to them. Um, so yeah, it was really nice. Um, Everybody should uh, take a bike trip, even if it's for two days. Go do it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, important question. Do you still have the bike? I do. Okay. It's uh, right. it, It's broken. Uh, 
it's it's kind of disassembled right now. I've got to get some work done to it. So the chain has to be replaced and uh, the shifter uh, cable and housing replaced. Okay, sure. So, sure. So well, I'm looking at my mountain bike. I'll probably get it out in a week or two and go ride some trails uh, in the around the lake. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like that would be some beautiful biking from what you described when we first started today. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. The um, the assault on Mount Mitchell is also held uh, in my town. Hmm. It's a 150-mile bicycle race that starts in Spartanburg and goes to the top of Mount Mitchell, which is the highest point on the East Coast. And that's an all-on-road race, hmm. and it's an international race. There's several thousand people uh, participate in it every year. Sounds but, uh, like some suffering. Uh, yeah, I will not be taking part. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll be there to get a photograph or two, right? Yeah, it's all. It takes a part of the route is on my road, so you can sit in a chair. And oh, watch cool! It. Yeah, yeah You can you can kick back and have a beer while they uh, go up yes. the mountain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, if people want to either follow the trip that you've been on or maybe, um, you know, follow other parts to your life, is there any contact info you want to share? Yeah, I can share my um, – as far as bicycling, I, I'm on Instagram, but I didn't share any pictures on this. I'm not like mm. – uh, I'm not trying to get like uh, sponsorship or anything. Yeah. You know, this is just kind of my own thing. Uh, I only have maybe 80 friends on Instagram, and I, I really never shared anything. Mm-hmm. I thought about writing a book about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, because there's so much stuff that went on a daily basis and, you know, pretty funny pretty funny stories. It's kind of like a tell-all. Uh, I thought about doing that, but I I haven't began working on it. Um, as far as music goes, you can find me at bengibbs.bandcamp.com. Hmm. Uh, I have few albums on there a lot of music is on there and then for a podcast i do it's uh it's you can find it at it's called love and light bridge dot buzzsprout.com and so it's a um it's a character i made up that has a podcast on there i grew up in a very pretty crazy wild fundamental southern baptist church Mm. in north carolina where people are screaming and yelling and running around and doing all this wild stuff you know and so i always heard that style of preaching and it's really quite traumatic you know to like (laughs) experience it but i made this character up called brother jeremiah lightbridge enlightened evangelist and i kind of do that style of preaching but i preach um eastern uh texts like the Tao Te ching and i i uh, put um congregation sounds in it to where oh, it sounds wow. like it's a live auditorium yeah. but it's all kind of made up and i uh write original music for it it's pretty funny, and everybody that's listened to it, they like it. But if you grew up in the South or any sort of Southern Baptist church, you'd really probably like it a lot. You, yeah, you would connect with what it means. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm kind of poking fun at, at it. You know, so. Awesome. And for listeners who are going you know, going back to the music that you mentioned, is it G-I-B-B-S as far as Ben Gibbs? Correct. Okay. All right. So everyone look on it. Look for Ben Gibbs that way. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And thank I you love, so much. yeah, your adventures as far as CNO and the Gap and Empire State and maybe going to Spain. Like you have, you have all kinds of great things that uh, people will want to hear about. 
Yeah, I'm trying to stay on the move this year. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, well, thanks, Ben. Thank you so much. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. Email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting. Support my podcast at patreon.com slash morphology and visit both my Facebook and Instagram pages for daily entertainment. Also, a quick shout out to Simmons Electric for sponsoring this episode. I have more great episodes in the pipeline, so I hope you continue to be a Murphology podcast listener. Thank you. Thank you.